0: Just a few weeks ago, Drake posted this video of him from 2012 talking about how pretending to own a certain Rolls Royce became reality 10 years later just through the power of manifestation. But that's not the only time Drake has talked about manifestation. Actually, he's quite notorious about it. In fact, in 2007, he googled the best residential pool in the world and made that picture his wallpaper. I think 15 odd years or so later, he signed the lease on that same house and lives lavishly in it.
1: So if Papa Drake talks about manifestation, we talk about manifestation.
0: (laughs) So back in 2017, Mahima had planned her first solo trip to London and she was super excited about it. This was the first time she was traveling alone. So naturally she didn't want to ask money from her parents also because she's completely spent her allowance by that time. But she really wanted some money uh, to go to this trip. So randomly, a month before her trip, a friend that she hadn't spoken to for a really long time reappeared in her life. This friend was also surprisingly doing his master's thesis research on uh, cryptocurrency. Now, back, you know, all these five odd years ago, cryptocurrency wasn't that you know, widely understood of a concept. This was the first time rather that Mahima herself was hearing about cryptocurrency, but she was so desperate to make money. She pulled out, and we do not recommend this to any kids watching, $4,000 from her next semester's fee and told this guy, you know what, I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to invest my money. So Sorry, she put Papa. These- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she put these $4,000 and, you know, invested in, in these random cryptocurrencies and she forgot about it. But there was this one number that, she, that was just stuck in her head and that was 19,000. It was just stuck in her head. So she just wrote it on a piece of paper. And mind you, this is somebody who absolutely has no idea what manifestation is. And this was the biggest boom cryptocurrency had ever seen. I think it was the first big bubble.
1: The first Uh, historic bubble. Like people started taking Bitcoin seriously back in 2017. Yeah. Correct. And uh, literally two days before I was supposed to leave for my London trip, my account went from $4,000 to. $15,529. $15,529. Holy fuck. It could have been $25,000, $30,000, $10,000, $5,000, but it was nineteen fucking thousand dollars And when I pulled out my money, the market literally crashed
0: in two days. So it's a classic example of subconscious manifestation, right? Mahima really, really, really wanted something. So an opportunity came. And in this this case, it was masked as a friend that she had not spoken to for so long, which triggered a chain of events that literally put the universe instantly at work to make that one thing happen for her.
1: Hi guys. so no, I'm not
0: gonna do that. So there is literally no other topic in this world that we'd rather launch uh, this podcast with. So unlike Mahima, I actually knew about manifestation, right? I had read The Secret for Teenagers and The Secret, and I thought Mujje zindagi ki chabi milga, because those both those books translated to Joe Sochoge. That is what manifestation <laughs> meant to me. So I was like, just the universe is sitting, you know, just waiting to make things and do things happen for me. So this is back in 2015, uh, while apart from manifesting that, you know, all my acne goes away, I was manifesting a life in New York. So basically this was the time when i was applying for college i literally had no guidance so all i li- wanted to do was get into new york university like pure so from doing potty in the morning to before sleeping at night that is all i thought about i manifested a life in new york you know living in a cute loft wearing mini skirts to class like trotting around central park <laughs> Wanna be and, like, gossip girl. wannabe gossip girl like full power <laughs> one year later I ended up in West Lafayette, which is in the middle of American cornfields at Purdue University.
1: Oh God, like this manifestation could have, but it was so, such a bad manifestation. It didn't work so, like it could have been in Chicago. It could have been, I don't know, Jersey City. Jersey City. I don't know, like... <laughs> No, yeah. she ended up in the middle of cornfields. So clearly this manifestation did not work, but <laughs> all the jokes apart. Can anyone here tell me that काफी intense manifestation <laughs> didn't work out? Why? Because <laughs> she was missing the most important thing, inspired action thing you did. Do y'all mm-hmm. he- read about this or hear this? That you used to go up on Mulholland Drive and park... Yeah, every night. ...and visualize seeing yourself as... Yeah, I would visualize, uh, yeah, I would this visualize... This is when you were broke and poor. You know, right, having mm-hmm. directors
0: interested in me and people that I respected uh, um, saying, you know, I like your work or mm-hmm. whatever that is. And... Didn't you write yourself a check? I heard yeah. that you did. Is that true? I wrote myself a check for $10 million for acting services rendered, and I gave myself uh, five years, or three years, maybe, and, uh, and I, I dated it Thanksgiving 1995 and I put it in my wallet and I kept it there and it deteriorated and deteriorated and stuff, and, uh, and uh, but then just before Thanksgiving 1995 I found out that I was going to make $10 million on, I think it was Dumb and Dumber, maybe.
1: Dumb and Dumber, yeah. Yeah. So you visualize yourself like... Yeah, yeah. Visualization works if you work hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's that the thing. You, you can't just visualize
0: hard. and yeah. then, you know, go eat a sandwich. Yeah, I guess I forgot to tell you one very important thing. But Because in my head, full Serena Vander Woodson life was happening. But in reality, I was doing jack shit. So I barely studied for my SAT and so much so that even when I was submitting my applications, I was writing my essays in the submission box because I wanted to be raw. And I just wanted to be myself as if this is some fucking <laughs> journal entry that I'm doing, Truly. right? So, <laughs> but on some level, crazily enough, my manifestation didn't, did work because I got an interview from NYU. I did get an interview, uh, but obviously I wasn't gonna get an admissions <laughs> offer
1: from them. And that's the biggest problem with the TikTok trendiest content ever, which has over 4 billion fucking videos. Can you believe manifestation alone itself has (laughs) 4? Like, that's, teaching people some weird tantric shit, you know, write 5 days, 55 numbers, angel, (laughs) angel numbers, uh, find your crystals, your aura, shit like that, cleanse your energy. (laughs) And these random processes, like sometimes I swear, Bhais movies make more sense. You know, (laughs) like what the hell, bro.
0: No, so it's true, because manifestation has kind of become this capitalistic concept where people are literally charging you 1000s of dollars, apparently, teaching you how to get material things, hiding behind spiritual perfection and performance, you know, look how I get, got my seven figure salary doing nothing and uh, how I traveled the world by just writing grease on five different types of paper. Like, it, it's just really what stupid. The- But honestly, that's just a sparkly version of manifestation that sells on the internet. It's kind of sad that manifestation has become a sales pitch by these Instagram influencers, when in reality, it's just a very simple and cardinal process that literally exists right inside you that can help you build a life you love.
1: And in all our research, we barely found any content that focuses on Power of action. Manifestation doesn't start with or end with just, you know, thinking. By that logic, I would have been Elon Musk's sugar baby because that's all I think about (laughs) every day, bro. (laughs) And that's exactly what sets, sets us apart in this whole sea of manifestation content on the internet.
0: So I think a lot of you might have read or have at least heard of the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. But for, the, for those of you who haven't, this book was literally one of the best self-help, uh, best-selling self-help uh, books ever. Uh, and usually somebody like me who hates the likes of these cringe-worthy books, like how to not give a fuck, like fucking don't even get me started. <laughs> this book was really awesome because it was devoid of any fluffy bullshit and said only one simple thing. Atomic habits are these really small changes that you make in your life every day that think that you know sometimes are even naive and irrelevant, but will literally
1: compound into absolutely remarkable changes that will last forever. And so, that is what we are going to do in part one of this episode combining two extremely talked about laws of the universe and create this incredible equation which hopefully you is the biggest takeaway from this episode, which is manifestation into atomic habits equals to achieving the life you want and not just dreaming it. (laughs) So I was in my last year of engineering, I was just about to graduate uh, it was my last semester when me and Kriti became friends and uh, this communication major girl comes yeah. to me and she's like, oh I'm manifesting <laughs> that I will get a job. Oh and I'm like and she had like what a month before the summer ha- was about to start and I was like bro, what She's a communication major. I in my field people struggling to get jobs and stuff. I myself a double major is struggling so much. Everyone around me is struggling and uh, I was like bro like she's very delusional of course I, I said yeah 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 Krithvi I believe in you but like, of course I knew she was like <laughs> delusional honestly that was the first time I heard someone educated talk about this whole concept with so much of like you know belief that you know no this is true I'm actually manifesting it I am like really doing it
0: so this is true 100% true this happened but It was, I think, the last week uh, of me, you know, where I had to just get this internship. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been eligible uh, for my visa. And it was kind of like something that I wanted to prove to myself and, you know, prove to the people around me that I I can actually do it. But it seemed very unlikely because I hadn't gotten a single interview till that point of time. Tuesday afternoon, I got an interview request which translated into a job offer by Thursday. How did it happen? Why did it happen? Made absolutely no sense to me, but even so made no sense to Mahima. Like what is going on? Because she was the one who actually read my email that I had gotten the job. But I'm not excited to tell you this because that wasn't the exciting part. I could have gotten that job anywhere. I had applied to more than 300 goddamn jobs. I got one interview one job, and that was in
1: Julia. I love
0: to equalize your voice for this part.
1: I love it. But yes, that is absolutely
0: true. I got that fucking job in New York. Like, my reaction was just like, holy fucking shit, like... What the fuck just I, happened? Yeah, I
1: still remember we were in Kana Kalana, chicken parreed do, no? dono and like what the fuck, Like, oh my god, okay, cool. Like I was cool. so proud of her, like, you know, proud and a little bit jealous and a lot of proud for like really, really yeah. proud of her about that.
0: Yeah. So why did my manifestation come true this time as opposed to last time? Sure, I did apply to 300 jobs, but let me be honest with you, there's this feature on LinkedIn called Easy Apply where you basically just upload your resume and all you need to do is get baked and click on apply, 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 apply 10 times a day and that's 10 job applications for you. But my atomic habit here was that I have to apply to five jobs every single day. Whether that required five minutes of my time or it required five hours of my time writing different cover letters for every job, I made sure that happened. And that is the only reason that I feel like somehow the clocks of the universe came together and, you know, made this manifestation of New York uh, come true.
1: And I can I can I saw her doing that. Like I was with her during that time. I saw her buddy shiddat say applying every single day, you know? But here's the catch. If you don't combine manifestation with atomic habits, you will only be focusing on like short-term goals. Yeah, correct. Cause when you're focusing on a short-term goal, once you get that, it
0: it's not gonna repeat itself again. You're probably not gonna want that goal again, which is kind of what happened to me last year, to be honest. I was Trying to lose weight, I, had boss crush. <laughs> I, I so I had this thing in my head, and like I visualized myself all you know, skinny because I had uh, really struggled with my weight uh, back in college. I didn't really exercise, I didn't really starve myself, but it's not so much that honestly, genuinely, ho I didn't cravings, kam ho thi, so I did end up losing a lot of weight. And I got all my clothes and everything was great. But as soon as I reached my target weight, Diwali came, New Year's came, Christmas came, Mahima came, and I was back (laughs) on my bullshit. And I think one year later today, I've probably gained back like 50% of all the weight that I had lost. I was never able to sustain it and I'm not able to uh, get back at it.
1: And the complete opposite thing happened to me because what Christy just said, she was focusing on her short-term goal. But when I moved to Boston, I focused on this identity, habit, harmony that the book book talks about. Um, So in college, I was 103 kg. I had really, really bad PCOS. I mean, my testosterone were uh, as high as a guy who has just hit his puberty. And on top of that, I had side effects from my bipolar meds. So um, I was one of those girls in college who after one joint needs her uh, chipotle with double queso, double sour cream. Like they knew my fucking order, you know? So, and it's not like that I was an unmotivated, lazy child. I did work, try to work hard, try to starve myself, went on these crazy GM motor keto diets and stuff. But... What the problem there was that my identity was not of a healthy person. My short term goal was to look like this actress or wait, wait lose, lose weight for go- because I'm going back home or something, but I never considered myself as a he- healthy person. Yeah. But when I moved to Boston, I don't know what happened, but I decided to change my system and instead of setting up goals, I wanted to focus on shifting my identity. I decided that I want to be a healthy person who I don't care about. Like I was just not, I never wanted to have abs. and didn't even imagine that like I want to get abs or all I wanted to do was fit in an M size, you know, that's all I wanted at that time. And once my identity changed, my relationship with food changed. Uh, I started counting my macros. I became that vitamin bitch, you know, like okay, my supplement, <laughs> like I need my uh, protein in the morning. I I need this and that, like you know, uh, and really taking care of myself. Yeah. And yeah. From from the scratch, like creating a healthy, healing environment for myself, you know. And um, I ended up losing. I mean, I hope I don't look 103 kg. I ended up losing <laughs> a big chunk of weight. And it's not like I don't eat, drink, go out, don't party and I just literally eat salads. No, uh, I still go out. I literally live in Belgium. People just drink and eat chocolates here. There's nothing else that's going (laughs) on. Uh, But I, with my system change, with my identity change, I was able to reverse my PCOS naturally. A girl who struggled with her body, her weight issues, had to eat seven med- med- medicines a day, twice. Uh, suddenly, was doing headstands, you know, suddenly mm-hmm. she loves going to the gym. Uh, so, it was a huge, huge change for me because now I identify myself as a healthy person. And like the book said, and like Kriti mentioned it before, I worked on bettering myself 1% every single day. I didn't start with like, you know, I'm going to fucking change everything. No, I started with small and, you know, gradual changes every day in my life.
0: Correct. And I think just that one change or one small habit that you had was like, okay, I'll just pop a vitamin pill today, eventually compounded into obviously the beautiful and stunning result that we see. And that is actually the power of at- atomic habits and manifestation put together that is so rarely talk about because, talked about because you can't always rise up to your goals. I can't constantly be thinking, fuck, I need to lose weight, fuck, I need to lose weight. But you can always fall back on your systems like Mahima made such a strong system for herself that no matter where she is, whether she's on vacation, whether she's partying. Her system is so strong that she always has it to uh, fall back on. So that is what you can really do with manifestation and atomic habits, right? You can really find these blind spots in your life and make transformational change that will last forever. Mm-hmm. But the the interesting part about all of this is that okay, I manifestation sent manifestation, but... All of y'all smart community people, the scientists in the world, actually don't really believe in manifestation. Fuck believing in it, they kind of shit on it a lot, right? Because it's seen Pseudo as this science. pseudoscience concept, uh, because obviously there is no empirical evidence to to back
1: it up, but. So, I'm very excited to talk about this because, uh, actually, science, and of course, like we said, for a very long time, I all my life I didn't believe in this manifestation, bullshit. and like I didn't really believe you know, you can just think and things happen like that. Um, think and think. but yeah, but uh, being a biology student all my life when I was growing up, we were essentially told that brain could not be changed. Uh, brain is you know, the only thing weight can probably change is through a stroke or some, if you lose your neurons and it's essentially very, very much like, you know, a hardwired, um, uh, organ in your head, unlike your whole body, but all these research have been popping up in last past decade, which talks about something that you can rewire and wire your brain based on your, uh, environment, your behaviors, and what you essentially consume. And this whole concept is called neuroplasticity. It basically talks that your brain is plastic, which is fucking crazy because you don't understand. Like uh, growing up, I had only read opposite of that. So neuroplasticity comes in essentially in three layers. Uh, First layer is a chemical where when you try to learn something new in your life, your mind essentially releases all these neurotransmitters, these chemical signals, which is like, you know, suddenly shocked. Oh, you're learning something new. Wow. Uh, And once you keep on repeating that, the second layer of it is structure, where there's a physical, actual physical change where these chemicals, because you've been doing this thing again and again, starts forming a new neural pathway, which is just insane. Like for me, you don't understand that's a very insane concept. (laughs) And the last layer of it is functional where you have repetitively done something so long that now your mind has made this neuro uh, uh, pathway that and uh, got rid of the old pathways for example when you drive to your work you are essentially on autopilot because you've done this so many times one day you see you see that on google maps it's telling you a better way to go there it's you would not be on autopilot at that time and your brain suddenly would be doing something new, right? And when you keep on taking that way because now it's shorter and takes lesser time to go to work. Once you have done it many times over a month, now this new way will become your autopilot. And the, 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 the whole road that you used to take before would be cut out because all it takes to break our habits and our pattern is repeated actions. But that's really interesting, Maheem, because while you were talking about neuroplasticity, it kind
0: of, for me, it connects back to what James Clear talks about in his book, which is essentially behavior change, which, like you said, can create all these crazy connections uh, in your brain. So the three layers of behavior change that he essentially talks about is identity process and outcome usually what we are trying to we we go upward down we try to look at the outcome first and then we try to do things to fit that outcome what I was doing you know I wanted to look hot so I could get a boyfriend (laughs) and I was like okay like I was doing things around it but when you were like kind of losing weight, or you were trying to transform your life, you were in the middle of the circle trying to grow from identity. So you change your identity Mm -hmm. to being a healthy person, which in turn kind of changed your processes, whether it was, you know, taking your vitamins or exercising Mm -hmm. a little bit every day, Mm -hmm. and eventually created such a powerful outcome
1: that is absolutely impalpable, right? Like, uh, yeah, um yeah, the, uh, I mean, like, because I shifted my identity, my process was supported by the whole concept of neuroplasticity, there was so many new uh, uh, connections in my brain that was made when I was lifting up the weights so or when I was doing any hard exercises, I started, I couldn't even touch my feet at one point, And now I want those, those fucking abs. So neuroplasticity and atomic behavior goes hand in hand. But if you sprinkle it up with the whole manifestation concept where you're like, you really deserve, because manifestation is nothing, but it gives you balls to really dream big, right? So once you have achieved, you want to achieve something crazy in your life, atomic habits and literally science is saying that, that your brain will also change with you depending on that. So I don't know what people say or not say. I'm from science and I completely believe that manifestation into atomic habits can literally change whatever people pseudoscience whatever the world says it and i really believe in that so the purpose of this episode was to kind of give
0: you guys a very holistic view and approach towards the topic of manifestation because honestly look around yourself everything that you see from the lights in your room to the car you're driving to the device or listening to this on was unseen and started out as purely an imagination Everything around you is brought through manifestation by somebody.
1: Steve Jobs, like I was looking at his documentary a few weeks back. And in that, he literally predicted iPads back in 1980s. When we didn't even have a fucking personal computer. Fuck personal computer. We didn't even have phones, you know. Uh, Back then, my man, Stevie, quoted, quoting my man, Stevie. What we want to do is we want to put an incredibly great computer in a book that you can carry around with you, boom 27 years later we have ipads all around us so yeah. fucking ahead of his time of course right so these people thought they, they they thought about something that they believed in it so much that their actions automatically automatically aligned and brought them into existence the how it will happen doesn't matter with the universe and it's not your job to figure out either
0: So for a lot of you cynics, all of this would still be coincidences and random things that happen and two girls on crack talking mumbo jumbo, and that's totally fine. And I know for a lot of you, manifestation has and will act as a really powerful tool to transform your life. So either way, it's absolutely okay, because at the end of the day, we all believe in something. Literally, the whole business of religion survives on this concept of believing in this mythical figure that was written by some. I do like, I should not say this. uh, Sorry if I'm not trying to uh, (laughs) uh, harm (laughs) any religious sentiments. I'm talking about all religions, all gods are, uh, at least I believe, are, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, based in fiction. (laughs) Literally, the whole business of religion survives on this concept of believing in something or somebody that we haven't touched, felt, or really spoken to. So all we're asking to take out of this episode is talk to yourself good. If you can beg Bhagwan Ji that I will pass exam, I it I Speak to yourself the same way and send out those messages to the universe. And trust me, everything is going to align to make it happen for you. Okay, cool. cool. So all of this was awesome, guys. Uh, we've covered all the good parts about manifestation and how it can really transform your life. But honestly, there's a very, very dark side to it too. These interesting questions that we kind of come up in our research because we believe the concept of nazar is a way of manifestation is a way of bad manifestation there are questions like are we manifesting our tragedies are we manifesting bad things that happen to us are we manifesting bad things that can happen to other people and how does manifestation really work in these negative scenarios so stay tuned and click somewhere here there wherever and check out the second